example. He knew about love. At fifteen, he had already been swept up in its unsettling and all-consuming rush. For him, Yolanda was the starry future even amidst the troubles of his present, and his troubles were not small. His mother, father, and sister had all fallen under the spell of one particular perfectus known as the White Wolf. Enthralled to this man's implacable will, his mother had starved, and his father and sister had fled, and Yolanda's family, the family of the girl for whom Raymond would have laid down his life, as she would have done for him, could not, or would not, come to his aid. Her family were Catholics, you see, and when her inquisitor uncle was murdered, her brother Amory, Count of my land since his father's death, found Raymond a convenient scapegoat and condemned him to burn on a pyre. Emery did not see the Occitan's future as Raymond did. He saw only that whoever had the flame, Catholic or Cathar, it would not be theirs for long, because King Louis of France wanted it, and what King Louis wanted, he had the power to get. Already the king's impatience against the troublesome southern neighbour was growing. Soon he would come as conqueror, take the flame, and with it the Occitan's independence. In a year or two at most, so Amory reckoned, the Occitan would be no more. He did not view this as a disaster. Rather, Amory saw a fine opportunity for his own advancement and mine, too. He would not wait for me, the Amorois, to be vanquished, like the rest of the Occitanian counties. Instead, before a drop of Amorois blood was spilt, he would willingly give me and himself as my lord, into the king's service. What was more, he would marry Yolanda off to Sir Hugh des Arquis, a French knight of high degree, who had the ear and confidence of the king. With Sir Hugh des Arquis as his brother-in-law, Amory would be safe when the French armies finally rolled in, and my lands would escape the scourge of a war of conquest. And Amory also had something else in mind, something that would surely cement his place as one of King Louis's newest and most loyal subjects. The king would receive the blue flame from Amory himself. That would be the moment when King Louis knew he had won. But things had not quite gone Amory's way. Raymond had been saved from the pyre and now had the flame in his possession. Moreover, though the boy's heart told him to follow Yolanda North to Paris and claim her back from Sir Hugh, it also told him that I, the Amorois, and the whole Occitan needed him. So he had made his choice. With all the courage he could muster and Sir Parsifal at his side, he held the flame high, turned south, and stood tall for the Occitan and for freedom. Amory's Chateau So come with me now, to the August of 1242, as Amory stood at the topmost window of his chateau, gazing out to the fires on the hilltop some way beyond. His ears were filled with the howling of a dog, but his eyes had fixed with particular intensity on the small prick of blue on the edge of that far hill. The flame was taunting him from its lofty eminence, like a splendid future just out of reach. The dog howled and howled. A servant 
interrupted the howling. Alain is back from the hillside, sir. Amory stirred. Will that damnable hound never stop? The servant grimaced. Breeze is missing his mistress. It was quite wrong of Sir Hugh to leave him behind. He should have let Yolanda take the animal to Paris. A dog could hardly have upset the marriage plans. If he doesn't shut up of his own accord, I'll make him. Amory took one more look at the prick of blue and then hurried to the great hall. Despite the dozens of flambeau and torches that lit every corner of the painted vault, and despite the men sprawled about, the air was full of a brittle restlessness. Though the new count tried his best to pretend the atmosphere was no different from when his father was alive, the fire still bright with flaming logs, and the usual stench of cooked meats pervading every corner, even he felt that the beating heart of the place was missing.